Okay, continuing of the reading of Who is My Neighbor in Anthology and Natural Relations by Thomas Ackward and Daryl Dow. Um, starting at page 70, no, 59. That makes more sense. Yes. 59. Yeah. Our duties, ep, ep, no, starting at page 58, Plutarch. Theseus turned Athens into a democracy by permitting the entry of people from all nations, yet not without some measure of assimilating order. Far, farther yet, designing to enlarge a city, he invited all strangers to come and enjoy equal privileges with the natives. And it is said that the common form, Come hither, all ye people, was the words that Theseus proclaimed when he thus set up a commonwealth in a manner for all the nations. Yet he did not suffer his state by the promiscuous multitude that flowed in to be turned into confusion and be left with any order or degree, but was the first to divide the commonwealth into three distinct ranks, the nobleman, the husbandman, and the ar artificer. To the nobility he committed the care of religion, the choice of magistrates, the teaching and dispensing of the laws, and the interpretation and direction of all sacred matters, the whole city being, as it were, reduced in exact equality, the nobles excelling the rest in honor, the husband and prophet and artificers in number. And that thesis was the first who, as Aristotle says, out of inclination to popular government, parted with the regal power. Homer also seems to testify in his catalog of the ships where he gives the name of the people of the Athenians only, lives in the noble Grecians and Romans. Suetonius. To increase population, Augustus pays Romans to have babies. Having brought order to Rome in its administration, Augustus next sought to increase the population of Italy to encourage increasing the wider population of Rome. He distributed bounties of ten gold pieces on his tour for the city's wards for every legitimate child produced by a commoner, the twelve Caesars. Epicetus. Our duties are in general measured by our social relationships. He is a father. One is called upon to take care of him. To give way to him in all things, to submit where he reviles and strikes you. But he is a bad father. Did nature then bring you into relationship with a good father? No, but simply with a father. My brother does me wrong. Very well, then maintain the relation that you have towards him, and do not consider that he is doing but what you will have to do, if your moral purpose is to be in harmony with nature. For no one will harm you without your consent. You will have been harmed only when you think you are harmed. In this way, therefore, you will discover what duty to expect of your neighbors, your citizens, your commanding officers, if you, if you require the habit of looking at your social relations with them. And here Dan 30. Did not Socrates love his own children, though he did so as a free man, and as one not forgetting that the gods are the first claim on our friendship? And Acridian 24. Natural affection is the right thing, and according to nature, and Acridian ought not to be unfeeling like a statue, but should fulfill both my natural and artificial relations as a worshiper, a son, a brother, a father, and a citizen. Nicodron 111. Livy. One has but to think of what the populace was like in those early days, just after Rome's last king, Superbus. A rabble of aliens, mostly runaways and refugees, and to ask what would have happened if they had suddenly found themselves protected from all authority by an inviolable sanctuary and enjoying complete freedom of action have not full political rights. In such circumstances, unrestrained by the power of the throne, they would no doubt have set sail on the stormy seas of the democratic policies, 
swayed by the gust of popular equi- eloquence and quarreling for power with the governing classes of the city, which did not even belong to them before any real sense of community had time to grow. That sense, the only true patriotism, comes slowly and springs from the heart. It is founded upon the respect for family and love of the soil. Premature liberty of this kind would have been a disaster. We would have been torn to pieces by petty squabbles before we had ever reached a political maturity, which is the thing we were, which as things were, was made possible by long, quiet years under monarchical government. For it was that government that, which it, as it were, nursed our strength and enabled us to ultimately to produce sound fruit from liberty, as only a political adult nation can. Early History of Rome, 2, 1. Alias and Aristides. Rome practiced universal citizenship around the time its empire was in steady collapse. Most noteworthy and most praiseworthy of all the grandeur of your conception of citizenship, there is nothing on earth like it. You have divided all of the people of the empire, and when I say that, I mean the whole world into two classes, and the more cultured, virtuous, and able ones everywhere you have made into citizens and nationals of Rome. Neither the sea nor any distance on land shuts a man out from citizenship. Asia and Europe are in his respect not separate. Everything lies open to everybody, and no one fit for office or responsibility is considered an alien. Rome has never said, no more room. No one is a foreigner who deserves to hold an office or is worthy of trust. Rather, there is, there is here a common word, democracy, under the rule of one man, the best ruler and director. You have divided humanity into Romans and non-Romans. And because you have divided people in this manner in every city, Throughout the emperor, there are many who share citizenship with you, no less than they share citizenship with their fellow natives, and some of these Roman citizens have not even seen the city Rome, the Roman oration. Tacitus. Tacitus comments upon the breeding and subsequent appearance of the Germans in his Germania. For myself, I accept that the view of the people of Germany have never contaminated themselves by intermarriage with foreigners, but remain pure blood, distinct and unlike in any other nation. One result of this is that their physical characteristics, insofar as one can generalize about such a large population, are always the same. Fierce-looking blue eyes, reddish hair, and big frames. Germania. Marcus Aurelius. From Sextus, I learned a benevolent disposition and the example of a family governed in a fatherly manner and the idea of living conformably to nature and gravity without affection and to look carefully after the interests of friends and to tolerate ignorant persons and those who form opinions without consideration. He, he had the power of readily, readily accommodating himself to all, so the intercourse with him was more agreeable than any flattery, and at the same time he was most highly venerated by those who associated with him, and he had the fa- faculty both of discovering and ordering as in an intelligent and methodical way the principle necessary for life, and he sh- never showed anger or any other passion, but was entirely free from passion, and also most affection, and he could express approbation without a n- noise display, and he possessed much knowledge without ostentation. Meditations, Book 1. To the gods I am indebted for having a good grandfather, good parents, a good sister, good teachers, and good associates, good kinsmen and friends, nearly everything good. Meditations, Book 1. A man should hold on to the opinion of not, not of all, but of the only who confess to live according to nature. Meditations, Book 3. Sibylline Oracles. 
<coughs> Nor does Neighbors Move the Boundaries of Neighbors, quoted by Charles Ritz A. H., 1983, The Old Testament Pseudograph, Volume 1, page 367. And that brings us uh, to page 62. The following page says Greco-Roman aesthetics. And we will continue on later on page 63.